Welcome to the She Is Podcast. Come join us as we share with each other the stories that make us who we are. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged to keep boldly writing your story. Hey guys, I'm really excited. Uh, Today I have Jen Green with me and I I was trying to think. We first met on New Year's Eve. Yes. At a friend's house and um, had a fun night, but then you went, you were living overseas at that point. Yep. And so fast forward a couple years and now you're back here and I've enjoyed getting to know you a few spaces we've been together. Yeah, yeah for so sure. You're super easy to talk to and I just have always enjoyed um, being around you. But um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So like Anne said, um, I'm Jen. Uh, I'm married to Jeremy. We have two daughters. Kate is 18. She lives in Chicago, goes to university there. We also have Ava, who's a junior in high school, and she goes to Lee Summit. Um, I've been at Graceway since 1998, but like Anne mentioned, we did have a time where we were in Asia. So even though we've been here since the 90s, it feels like we're new again because we come back in and get to know people. And so thanks for welcoming us back. And um, we're just really excited to be here. And how has that been to come back? Um, Remembering how to adult again here has been Mm. a little bit of a challenge, but um, it's it's good. It's been two and a half years now, so we're feeling a little bit more settled. But I think once you live in another culture, you're forever changed. Mm -hmm. And so to come back and positively or yes I mean there's going to be things yeah okay positive I think for sure Mm -hmm. and um then how do you come back into your old culture oh yeah with those new things that you've gained and that growth and then um not put the expectation on yourself that you're going to be exactly the same person that you were before because you're just not going to be yeah so so did you did you feel like um other people expected you to be the same person Um, I think in my mind, maybe I was worried about that, Mm -hmm. but I think people have been very gracious and it's been great to be able to just share, um, our stories and yeah, what God did in our lives during that time. So, and I guess thinking about it, other people have changed also. And sometimes that's even harder for me to remember is I know I've changed, but coming back to people who didn't physically move anywhere, but God moved in their lives and just remembering that too, that. I changed and it was more of an obvious situation, but everyone changes in that amount of time. So, or hopefully we all are growing all the time. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So Jen brought a story from her life today and um, we are going to be sharing this on Father's Day. So I'm really excited. I had uh, spoken with Jen at a football, we were watching a football game and I remembered her sharing a little tidbit of this story with me. And I just remember thinking, um, just how touched I was to hear it. And I wanted you to be able to share with other people. Yeah, so, do you I'm mind? happy to share. Yeah. So um, growing up in a single mother home meant Father's Day was kind of a weird holiday for me. I was well aware from a young age that most kids in my small town America life had both parents in their life and most were living under the same roof. So Mother's Day came and it was all good. We made cards You do all the crafts at church and it made sense in my world. But then came Father's Day and I'm watching others celebrate this relationship that I never had experienced in my life. 
Then there were the father-daughter events throughout the year. Um, I'm not sure I've experienced a more awkward moment than when a, a man from our church who was a complete stranger to me, someone I had never met before, volunteer, volunteered to be my dad for the night. Um, he tried to make me feel like my life wasn't really any different than these other girls who are standing on their dad's toes dancing or, you know, getting corsages. Um, but, you know, it <laughs> it really isn't the same. So um, I always felt like, thanks anyway, mister. But, you know, it was nice of him to do that. Um, so let's fast forward to my early 20s. I'm really growing in my relationship with the Lord for the first time. I'm here at Graceway and I'm getting discipled and I start to see God's care for me individually. I remember understanding for the first time that he had a plan for me. He has a will for everyone, but a plan for Jen. Um, it's specific and it's special because he knows me better because he created me. He knows me better than I even know myself. And that I remember that really blowing my mind and I had never really considered that before. Um, another thing people start thinking about in their early 20s is marriage. And I really started praying for the first time through this time of growth and, um, you know, reconnecting with the Lord and um, establishing more of a prayer life. I really started praying for the first time about specifics about who that person would be and what kind of wife I would be to that person. Um, one other prayer request in that category was this, that his dad would be the father to me that I never had a godly example of care, provision, and love. One Sunday morning, I was dressed in my best khaki pants and white collared shirt, ready to greet our guests as part of the hospitality team. Back then, we liked to look like we were matching Gap models. The leader of the ministry asked me to find someone to go greet guests with up at the shuttle buses in the upper parking lot. I immediately knew who I was gonna go ask. Recently, this guy and I had been ending up at all the same hangouts and activities, and it was becoming a little obvious we both were interested in learning more. And I must confess that on that sunny morning, as we stood up in the parking lot in our matching Gap outfits, we didn't greet a single guest. We started talking regularly, and I figured out who his dad was at church. Being a bit too brave, probably, and a classic extrovert, I decided I was gonna introduce myself at church. So I walked up to him and I asked if he knew who I was. He said, of course, with a smile. I liked him immediately. Eight months later, I would walk down the aisle to marry Jeremy. Instead of my birth father by my side, as tradition would say to do it, I asked my new father-in-law to fill that role. It was a symbol of answered prayer on my wedding day. For the first time, he had a daughter, and I had a dad in my life. One of my favorite wedding pictures is us sticking our tongues out at the camera right before he walked me down the aisle to marry his son. That was 21 years ago. Now, Father's Day isn't weird at all, and I get to celebrate the father to my children and the guy who became a dad to me. I didn't really know what I had missed out on until I watched my children experience growing up with an amazing dad and grandpa. So in some ways, 
I didn't even know how sad to be about not having that relationship in my life until I saw it in my children's life. I believe I have grieved that loss more as an adult than I ever could have understood as a child. But I don't feel, I don't say that to make you feel sorry for me. Even though I didn't have an earthly father in my life for the first 25 years, I did have the best heavenly father all along. He provided for my needs beyond answering my prayer for a guy to call dad. For example, I can think of the time when I was 11 and groceries were brought to our door just when my mom didn't know how we would buy food that month. And I remember when he protected me in the dark alleys that I chose to stand in instead of walking in light. And I remember the love I felt when my heavenly father welcomed me back with open arms after feeling like a prodigal child that could never go back to serving or being involved in ministry. So if you're listening um, and you maybe didn't have um, a dad in your life growing up, one to guide you, provide for you, protect you, and I really hope you did. And it's amazing and something to celebrate if you had that and praise the Lord if you had that. Um, but if you haven't, um, there's still hope. And I just want you to know that today. Um, God is the only perfect father and we all have access to him. Romans 8 tells us that if we have trusted in Christ Jesus, the spirit of God dwells in us. We each have the spirit from God. And in verses 14 through 16, it says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Mm. Thank you for sharing that with yeah. us. I was, when I was reading your story, um, as someone who did have a dad who was in my life, I was just curious, what were some of the things looking back that you had to overcome because mm -hmm. you didn't have that influence in your life? Um, <clears throat> I think I had to um, overcome being different because um, we did live in a small town mm -hmm. until I was in middle school and um, I always knew I was different than the other kids or the other families um, because I didn't have the other parent in my life. And um, also because I didn't have any siblings. Oh, so you were a, so, an yes. only child and yeah. didn't have Only that. child and no um, father in my life. And so I just always knew I was different. Than, and I didn't really have anyone else that I knew when I was young that had the same situation as me. Um, you know, as we're talking about the 80s in small town America, and yeah. it's just, um, there may have been a lot of broken homes, but they were still living together mm -hmm. a lot of times. And um, I just didn't see anyone that looked like me in that way, that had a family that looked like mine. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that was something that you had to really work hard to not, allow Satan to get a hold of, right, like right. just a lie that yeah. he brought to you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, the story about the daddy-daughter dance, 
yeah I like cringed listening to that mm-hmm. because I have always I've seen different not actual fathers or right. like grandfathers take someone to that dance but I never thought about how the little girl mm-hmm. felt in that situation yeah and you know that's my experience and hopefully a lot of the times the girl is feeling special and you know, it is a good experience, um, but I think it is a reminder, too, that it may, might, might make us feel better sometimes that we have matched a little girl and given her the opportunity to go. And does that is that really what's, um, you know, comfortable for her? Sure. And because yeah. at the time, did you have the choice or was it just kind of like this is who's taking you? Do you remember? I didn't have a choice. Okay. I was just told this mm-hmm. person signed up to take girls that don't have dads available. And so you've been, you know, Mr. Smith will your, your meet person. you at the church. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you will sit with him and do all the things. And um, I don't really clearly remember if I was just kind of signed up for that or how that all worked. But, mm-hmm. um, but you I do remember it was uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and thinking about it and hearing the story I could see how yeah. you know if it was someone you knew would right. be different but yeah. to have yeah. just a random stranger yes yeah so you talked about um the point in your life where you started to grow mm-hmm. and what was the catalyst for that um I had not gone to church for about three years um after high school mm-hmm. and I um showed up to my co- one of my college classes, and there sat a girl from high school, oh. and um, and I went to the next class, and there she was again, and God started really putting her in a lot of different places and spaces that I was in, and she was someone that um, had a, a strong relationship with the Lord, um, but she never preached at me; she just loved me, mm-hmm. and for about six months, I just. Um, spent a lot of time with her and I became very jealous of the peace in her life because I'd been trying to, you know, fill myself with joy and peace Mm -hmm. um, in other ways away from um, God's, you know, um, ability and love to do that. And I just was like, yeah, I know what I need to do. I need to get back, you know, into church, you know, work on my relationship with him um, and making that leap was just God used that person in my life to just show me like, this is what you really are looking for is me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm the piece that, um, passes all the under- understanding and, you know, nothing else is going to replace that. And I knew that, sure. um, but I was really determined to, you had, there was Disproved a different that. path. Yeah. <laughs> Planning so, to walk. Um, and so one Sunday she just said, you know what? It's your mom's birthday. And, you know, my mom was going to the same church as her. And she's like, why don't you come to church? And we can go out after church for our, your mom's birthday with my mom. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And I think at that point I was just waiting to be asked mm-hmm. and kind of like mm-hmm. brought. But I, I was a little too stubborn just to say I want to go. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I've been here ever since. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when you said that, I was just wondering, I I mean, 
just how your friend invited you, like that you were waiting mm-hmm. to be asked. And I think sometimes we say like they don't want like we don't want to be pushy right. or but it's just a, a different perspective of like right. that you were ready mm-hmm. and just kind of waiting. Yeah. She had never, you know, gotten on to me and said, I can't believe you're not going to church. I can't believe, mm-hmm. you know, you're not doing this, this and this. She had just shown me through her life that, you know, she was at complete peace with not chasing other things and that God was enough. And yeah, um, yeah I just, I would desire that, you know, sure. of course. Yeah. 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 I love that. So you talked in um, part of your story about um, realizing that God had a plan for mm-hmm. your life. And um, I just would be curious, what did it feel like to you to be focused on by the Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, just realizing that you probably hadn't felt that before, right? Um, you know, that he had a plan for you. And um, I think because a lot of my background with churches and um learning um previously um was it for me it was more of a broad picture um of in general what christians should do you know what we shouldn't do um and you know who god was and you know um just kind of all of us as one big collective group right serving and doing what we're supposed to be doing and not really um feeling individually, you know, loved and, you know, created and Mm -hmm. yes. And, and I just, it seems like such a simple thing, but when you really haven't ever pictured yourself like that, it really, it was, you know, life-changing for me. Oh yeah. Um, when I just kind of really got a hold of that and understood that, um, that yeah, I'm individually created and wonderfully made. And um, he's got great plans for me Mm -hmm. and better than I could make for myself, which I have been trying to make for myself, right? You know, and so um, just to rest in that and be like, yeah, that's where I need to be. Yeah. So I literally cracked up when I read the spot where you talked about your, your, like, greeting uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Just remembering back to probably the 90s when... Um, when that was the thing. Yeah. But so you were talking about meeting Jeremy uh-huh. and what was it that was different about him? Um, so he's a pretty quiet guy for those people who know Jeremy. Um, and so when he spoke, it was usually of substance. Oh yeah. It wasn't um, for sales, if okay. that makes sense. And um just seemed very like, um, I don't know, even as young, he seemed very discerning and just different. Mm -hmm. I hadn't ever dated anyone like that. And, um, and I just noticed him because he wasn't the loudest in the room Mm -hmm. and he just had this calmness about him. And that really attracted to me to him. Besides the fact he was pretty cute too. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was involved, and he was just one of those guys. Still to this day, he's going to work behind the scenes. You know, he's going to um, just be really faithful to um, serve, mm-hmm. and doesn't look for the spotlight. And um, I love that too. And when we started talking, one. Um, funny little coincidence wasn't a coincidence because it was God but 
we both were reading the same book. Um, oh, when you were talking? Yes. Yeah, so when we first started talking, I don't know, one of us had the book out or something and the other one noticed it. And uh, we were both reading The Normal Christian Life by Watchman Nee. Okay. And I had just been recommended by someone in our church. I think they had bought it for me, encouraged me to read it. Um, and here he comes holding his copy. And I was like, wow, like, what are the chances? Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of a fun Were you connection. Were you very long? No. Um, I think because it was such a different person and way. We actually sat down and talked about um, just like the story of Ruth and Boaz and like, um, could we marry each other? before we even date, because I think both of us were done dating just mm -hmm. to date. And do we each have the qualities the other one is looking for? And would this work before we even start dating? Because why go through the exhausting oh, yeah. emotional output of that um, if it's not something that could be more than dating? Because neither sure. of us wanted to date just to date. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really different approach to start dating and already have had that conversation. Like, yeah, you're someone I think that you know, fits what I think I would have as a spouse. So how long have you been married at this point? Um, today? Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. So um, it'll be 21 years in May. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so different, but it's it different, was... but it worked. And his parents also had a really short engagement. So they, it didn't freak them out at all. Oh, that's good. And um, it was just kind of like we just knew within weeks, even we were like, yeah, it's kind of a done deal. We did ring shopping within like four months. Uh -huh. We didn't tell anyone. And we did get caught by one person at the ring store, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, shh, don't you know. Um, and yeah, within eight months we were married. Well, I admire that you asked his dad to walk you down the aisle. What was, what was that like for you? Did you feel nervous to ask him or? No, because if you know Ron, um, he's a father to everyone really. I mean, he's, He's been working um, as a um, prison chaplain for years, and he was a baseball coach for years. And he's just the guy that anyone can talk to, and he's going to come alongside you and um, guide you, give you advice. And um, I think just he's so warm and welcoming and easy to talk to that um, we just immediately got along, and it, it really wasn't something I was nervous about asking him at all. You feel yeah. comfortable yeah. doing it. Well, that says a lot about him then. Yes. Um, so in one part of your story, you said that you didn't even know how sad to be about not having, mm -hmm. a, you know, the father relationship yeah. in your life until you saw it in mm -hmm. your children's life. And um, I think that makes sense to me because you didn't really know, right. you know, what you were missing out on. But I'd be curious like now looking back, like what were some of the things that, and seeing how they, their grandfather and father interacted with mm -hmm. them, what were some of the, were there specific things that you feel like were the hardest to? Um, I think just the father-daughter relationship is just so special. And mm -hmm. just um, for them, just seeing them, how they rely on their dad. Mm as, you know, the rock of the family and, um, you know, just solid. He's always going to be there for them. He's going to fix what needs to be fixed. And, um, and I think, you know, my mom played both roles and she sure. did an amazing job and I'm so thankful for her every day. 
Um, but for her to take on both roles meant she took away from both roles because mm -hmm. she had to be everything. And when you have to be everything, you don't get to play your role, you know, a hundred percent. And, um, I think that's really difficult. And so for them to have a full, fully father and fully mother, like in those roles, that's, you know, how God intended the family. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just have that person that is just going to be the rock and always there. And, um, yeah, he's just been amazing. Jeremy as a father and Ron as a grandfather. Yeah. Um, Ron is just very generous. Um, and they've not had to um, experience um, want in their, or needs that didn't get met. And I'm thankful for that too. I know that's not everyone's story, but um, you know, just how God provided, um, mm -hmm. you know, through having Him. Yeah. yeah. So you shared a couple instances where um, the Lord provided for you, like a dad mm -hmm. would. Um, did you see that at the time that that's what was happening, or was that more of looking back and seeing it? Um, I think the the time I remember with the groceries, I for sure, that was um, very impactful for me because, mm. um, I mean, I literally remember standing in the kitchen and I can still picture it. I'm Aww. very visual, so I can like picture um, just the knock at the door, you know, and it was a group of people from our church mm -hmm. holding bags of groceries, and it's um, so my mom crying, you Aww. know, yeah. at, um, and just um that yeah that impacted me a lot because i'm like how how did they know mm, you know that mm -hmm. this about this need and you know maybe there was a connection where they knew but um also just like i knew i knew that was god you know mm -hmm. that fulfilling that need and the fact that he did it through people from our church and used them in that way to you know provide for us and it gave me a very positive like what the church should be and we, how we should love each other and, mm. you know, um, help each other when we have needs. And um, that was, yeah, a huge impact on me and something I think back to a lot, especially now um, when I hear about families or food pantries or things that, you know, have needs um, to be someone who was the person on the receiving end. Oh, yeah. It you know, you. it does change you and how you view that. And, um, yeah, you're just um, how you might serve, you know, sure. yeah. later in life. Yeah, it changes yeah. your heart towards yeah. people. Yeah. So at the end of your story, you were talking to the people who might be in a similar situation. And yeah. um, the, the scripture that you read was... Um, in Romans 8, 14 mm -hmm. through 16, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are, are sons of God. Um, what does it look like for you to be led by the Spirit of God? Mm -hmm. um, you know, earlier in Romans 8, it's a lot about setting your mind mm -hmm. and how you set your mind and where, what you set your mind on, right? That's where your heart will be also. And... Um, so we have to set our mind on the word and set our mind on things of God. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, and then when, when that happens, when we're, when our minds are set, that's when the spirit can lead us, right? Mm -hmm. Cause we all have the spirit if we put our trust in Jesus. But I think it's that 
going getting that mindset first that okay I'm I'm set on the things of God and then the spirit can lead you. Mm-hmm. It, it's really hard for the spirit to lead you in the things of God if your mind's not set on the things of God. You know, we have to get our minds right. And Romans 8's beautiful talking about all of those things and um and I just think you know, we've got to set our minds, let the spirit lead us um that we already have access to. We just have to allow it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that is that's what I think of is if your mind's not there, you're set right, you're not going to be led. Yeah. Well, and I as I was reading it, I was thinking like you can be a son of God but not allow the spirit to lead you because it's right. not that's like right. you're forced or yeah. he's not driving you. Yeah. Um and so, And just like I shared, there was years where I didn't have my mind set on him. Mm-hmm. Even though I was already a child of God and I had the spirit, I set my mind on other things and I wasn't allowing the spirit to lead me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a painful time. I was miserable, really trying to make myself, you know, trick myself into thinking I was happy or could be happy oh, in sure. other ways. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't allow the spirit to lead me, even though I was a child of God. And um, that's not how, you know, it's, you're going to be miserable because, oh, yeah. you know, it's not, it's, it's not where you get your peace. Yeah. yeah. So as we kind of finish up, my last question to okay. you is for someone who's listening and is stuck looking at what they're missing out on mm-hmm. or how um, they their life is different, how they're different, Yeah. Um, what would you encourage them to start doing to start the grieving process or to mm-hmm. start healing? What is one thing that you could tell them to start doing that would help them to start taking steps on a path of healing? Um, I think recognizing that our Heavenly Father is even better than an earthly father. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, we're going to desire to have that on this earth. Um, and understanding that it may not happen for everyone, but um, He is better. Even if we had the most perfect earthly father, he's even better. And mm. really leaning into that and um, and calling out to him as a father. Um, you know, we come out to him as Lord and Savior and all those things, but really calling him out as father and um, talking to him like, a, like he's your father and um, coming to him in that posture. Um, if, if you've never been able to do that before, if you just kind of looked at him as God and, you know, the person that you, um, that saved you and created you, but what does that mean as a father? Mm -hmm. And even, you know, read through the verses of how God provides as a father and, you know, just maybe do some studies about um, what the intimate relationship would look like. Yeah, Yeah. It's interesting. The Holy Spirit just reminded me of there was a time where he told me that I was depending too much on John. Mm. Um, And you just realize how when you have that in your life, it is a distraction from doing, you know, depending on the Lord, which is what God's intention is. Right. So he wants us to depend on him. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your story today. Thanks for having Um, me. Yeah. I just love to, to hear how the Lord filled a spot mm-hmm. that you had asked him to fill. And I love that you prayed and specifically asked yeah. him for that. And 
just how he answered that as a good father. Yes, so for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Graceway's She Is podcast. We pray that today's episode encouraged you and gave you hope for your own journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified about future episodes.